Welcome to Employed, a podcast about careers. Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, Employed is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and today we are talking with Stacy, a chemistry teacher. I just want parents to know your kids are amazing. They blow us away with the things that they even, you know, even if they're not doing well in school, they're amazing. Thank you so much, Stacy, for joining me tonight and coming onto the show to tell everyone what you do. So can you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Stacy, and I am an eighth grade chemistry teacher at a charter school in San Antonio, Texas. I used to teach in a public school, public high school, but I'm currently teaching at a middle school. That's a charter school. Why chemistry? In high school, I took AP chemistry and I just really liked it. I think that was my inspiration. I had this awesome teacher and he did really cool demos for us. We did really fun labs, blew up a lot of stuff and it was really fun. So my dad is a uh, doctor. So chemistry was always kind of, you know, popular sort of topic in our household. And, and once I took chemistry in high school, I always thought it was the perfect blend between biology and physics, right? You got your biology, physics, and chemistry. Those are like your main sciences you take in high school or whatever. And I thought it was like the perfect middle ground. I started out as a biochem major in college. I thought I'd go to pharmacy school maybe or something in the medical field, but I started tutoring at a community college. And when I started tutoring, I really fell fell in love with teaching. So that's kind of how I ended up going the teaching route. Confession, I have never taken a chemistry class in my entire life. (laughs) I don't know the first thing. I've taken biology and physics and I, I loved physics. Um, so now I'm kind of sad that I never took a chemistry class because it sounds well, so fun. Well, <laughs> you would love it way more than biology and physics. Just kidding. Okay, so what kind of education or experience is required for your current job? Typically, so teachers, public school teachers need a bachelor's degree. That's like the basic requirement as well as a teacher certification. Um, there are many teachers who have master's degree or a doctoral degree. And often in those situations, you can get like a pay raise with something like that. But a bachelor's degree is what was required as well as usually it depends on the state, but you usually have to take like a, some sort of certification test. But working for a charter school, there are charter schools who will hire without teacher certifications. So most charter schools will still require at least a bachelor's degree, but not all charter schools require the state certifications that public schools require. So for the, the certification, can you walk me through that? How does that work? So I, and I, so I actually went to college in Arizona and when, and I got a degree in, so my degree was called secondary education chemistry, and it was a education degree with an emphasis in chemistry. So a little bit kind of like a double major or major minor. And when I got that degree, then I had to basically just go take two different tests. One test was um, on pedagogy, which is basically just like your teaching skills. And the other test was chemistry specific. And I had to pass those two tests. And then I basically, you know, fill out application, attach my test scores, my, you know, my coursework that I took, and I got an Arizona certification. And then I, two months later, moved to Texas. (laughs) So I had to then apply to be a certified teacher in Texas, which was a bit of a process. I had to take retake a couple tests for Texas version of those tests. And then I was given a Texas certification. So, and then to maintain it, you have to do a certain number of 
continuing education hours to kind of keep that certification current. And were those exams pretty intense, something you really had to study for, or was it something that your your college education prepared you pretty well for? I would say that you were pretty prepared going in. I felt pretty prepared going in. Um, I did do a little bit of studying, you know, just to make sure, especially in Texas, I actually also took the uh, generalist science exam, which basically makes me qualified to teach all science subjects between like seventh through 12th grade. I did study for that test and I was, um, and I passed it. So that one probably took a little bit more studying because I had to brush up on things like, you know, geology and biology and all because it's very broad. But um, yeah, I felt pretty prepared for them after coming out of college. Yeah. What range of salary can someone typically expect to make with this number of years in the field? And of course, if you want to touch on the difference between like charter salary versus public versus private. Yeah. Um, so teachers, we're really known for our amazing salaries. We make <laughs> so much money. <laughs> I wish. It'd be great, right? Um, but no, I feel well compensated for my job. Um, I would say that for someone in my position, you could expect around, and again, this is San Antonio, Texas. I feel like we do get paid better than many other states. So that's a little caveat there, around $50,000 a year, give or take. So in San Antonio, you might start out as a teacher, you know, around $50,000, $55,000 a year. Granted, in other states, it can be much lower. And I know that in other areas where the cost of living is a lot higher, you know, you're, you know, New York City and places like that, you're going to have higher salaries. So it's very, very state dependent and district dependent. So it kind of depends on your district. And in a charter school, charter schools sometimes have a reputation for paying less, but I have found that not always to be true. I feel like where I work, it's very on par with the public schools in the area. And as you gain more experience, you tend to make more money. And other things I mentioned before, like, you know, if you go on to get like a master's degree or different certifications, like, especially in the public school system, if you want to get special ed certified, or English as a second language, or if you're willing to work in an underserved area. I know when I was looking for a teaching job, I went to a teacher fair when I was right out of college and there were school districts from rural Texas advertising, you know, we need science teachers, we'll give you five, $10,000 bonuses, which your teacher coming out of college, you're like, woohoo. So it just, you know, it totally depends on the district and the area that you're in, I would say. Are there any special benefits to working in your field? I think the number one benefit that you get a lot of time off. So you are working around maybe 36 weeks a year out of the 52 weeks that are in a year. So everyone knows about summer break. It's awesome. We always get holiday. You're never going to work on Christmas. You know, you're never going to work on. Now I will, again, another caveat. If you are a coach or something like that, you know, don't get as much time off. That is a, a huge thing. And that's a huge thing for me. If you love to travel, if you, you know, if you have children of your own who are in school, it's great because you get a lot of the time off that they get off. On the flip side, I would say it's hard to get time off during the off season. So if you like to travel, you know, I want a week off in September, like that's just not going to happen probably. <laughs> it's hard to just take a week off in the middle of the school year. Now it's been known to happen. I know people have done it, but it's, generally frowned upon it's not something that you want to do too often do teachers generally get paid time off during the year like if you get sick or yes 
we do. We still get PTO. At my current school, we get five PTO days a year, which sounds low, but you have to remember, we get a lot of breaks. And then I think where I used to work, it was more. I think it was like 10 days a year. Teacher retirement. So this is something cool. Um, and again, depends on your state, depends on a lot of things. But I know I've had some public school teacher friends who retired from the public school system after teaching, you know, around like 30 years or whatever. So they're, they retired relatively young, like maybe in their 50s. And then you're able to collect a pension. And then they're able to go find another teaching job. In fact, I've had a few friends who've gone on to teach after teaching in public school for many years and retiring, go on to teach at a private school or a charter school, and they're able to double dip their salary where they collect their pension and then they have a normal teacher salary, but outside of the public school system and kind of double their salary after they retire. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's a pretty secure job. I feel like teaching is a pretty secure job compared to you know working in business or a lot of other things that you can do. My mother-in-law is a teacher or she used to be now she's a counselor, but um, we talked a little bit about this and she's like, you know, a lot of the teachers don't go into teaching for the salary. Obviously we go into it for the retirement yeah. because it, there's not many jobs that have a retirement that's, that's so secure, like, like TRS. And so yes. that's always something to consider. I know, especially for younger people who are you know, career searching and trying to find a path. Retirement is not something that you're always thinking about, but compared to other fields, teachers is pretty steady. How is your progress measured and who are you managed by? In most public schools, your, your boss is your principal, right? And that's how it is where I work, even in a charter school, we all work for him basically. But I would say that when I used to work at a public school, it was a very large public Texas high school I honestly can count on one hand the number of times I talked with my principal. He had, you know, I think we had over 200 teachers in that school. There was a lot going on. So I didn't have much interaction with him. So in a big, big school like that, basically you're assigned an administrator. There are several assistant principals and one of them is assigned to you. So basically what you would have to do is have a couple observed lessons throughout the year where your administrator would come in and watch you teach a lesson. And then they would basically rate you on various categories like student engagement or classroom management. How well did you manage any misbehavior? Were the students on task? There's like, there's a whole rubric. And then they basically kind of give you like a grade and then you go in and you talk to them about it and you talk about ways you can improve. And that's kind of standard for, I feel like for public schools and there's a lot of rules around that depending on what state you're in. Um, sometimes if you've been teaching long enough, they let you just do it every other year or every okay. few years. But at my charter school, we actually don't have formal observations very often, but we do have something called comprehensive exams. And so at the end of the year, our students take comprehensive exams and these exams basically show how well the students did, you know? And right. they, they're looked at other, other schools within our charter school system. And we're kind of, we're able to look at that and say, okay, well, how are we stacked up against the other, you know, eighth graders in our system? Okay. And so with your progress being measured and, you know, them grading you on this rubric, then what? Is it promotions or is it 
more um, like flexibility towards different classes you want to teach? Like what? I mean, that is it. You don't get fired. Like, you don't get fired. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you need to just, I think That's they just enough. expect you to, you know, keep a certain standard. Yeah. And if you maintain that standard, then, then you can keep your job. Now, yes. if you're, yeah. yeah, but if you're wondering about basically moving up, there are many people who spend their entire careers in the classroom. Okay. Super honorable thing to do. Um, you will get pay raises throughout your career. And like we talked about, you will get a pension. However, if you do want to do something different, things that you could do, you could work to become a, like a department head or a department chair within your department. Sometimes if you become like an AP teacher in a high school setting, sometimes it comes with a pay raise. The biggest thing that you can do probably to get into administration, if you really want to increase your salary or do something different. Now, um, you have to realize that going into something like administration or curriculum development, you're probably going to be working more. You probably won't get that luxurious, you know, two month summer off. But administration is definitely, you can definitely get a salary increase and have a lot of new challenges and, you know, move up in your career that way, being a principal or a dean or, yeah. Or if you wanted to go become like a school counselor. And most of those positions require um, a master's degree, but there's a lot of programs out there where you can get master's degrees while you're teaching through like night school or online. I know many, many teachers who have done it that way. What are your typical work hours before COVID? And can you walk me through an average day at your job? My typical work hours, maybe between eight and four o'clock. And my schedule at this charter school is it changes a little bit every day. So some days I can um, come in a little bit later or leave a little earlier. And of course, there are a lot of things that affect that. Like if, if there's a staff meeting, then we might have to stay till five o'clock. But you know, Monday through Friday, eight to four, that's pretty standard. So walking through an average day in my job. So again, before COVID, I would um, get to work maybe around eight, eight thirty, and I'd head to my teacher desk, organize myself, basically get everything ready for the day, get my, my warm-up written for the kids, um, make sure I have all my copies made. If I have a lab to set up, I might set up a lab and then go to my first class. I'm sure everyone listening has been to school. So you kind of know what that's, <laughs> so you kind of know what it's like to, you know, be in a classroom and then I do my teacher thing. So we, you know, have a lesson and spend a lot of time walking around a room helping kids. It's very, it's a very fast paced job. I would say you're always go, go, go. I joke that once COVID hit, my daily step count went from, you know, 10,000 steps to like zero. You know, there's a lot of kids to manage. And then when I'm not teaching, when I'm not teaching a class, I have, you typically have, you know, a, a prep hour. And during the prep time, prepping lessons, setting up labs, grading papers, you know, and then after school, again, I might have a staff meeting or I might have student tutoring or, you know, more papers to grade, work to catch up on. Or, you know, a lot of time we have duties like parking lot duty or whatever, just to kind of shepherd the kids around. And I, again, I would say that my job is probably cushier than a lot of teachers because I teach one subject. I only teach mm -hmm. chemistry, eighth grade chemistry at the moment. It really cuts down on my prep time. If you're teaching two or three, sometimes even four subjects, 
that is stressful. Like I feel for those teachers and even elementary school teachers because they do that every day. So I will say I definitely have a really awesome teaching job with one prep. So for prep, so for this curriculum, are you provided a curriculum or do you kind of have, you know, what needs to be taught this year and you pace it out as you want and, and plan the lessons out exactly how you want? I am given an outline of what needs to be taught. We do have basically a lot of resources to draw from. However, I kind of have, you know, I've been doing this for a few years now. I did student teaching. I, I taught um, at a different school before this. So they always uh, joke that teachers beg, borrow, and steal their curriculum. So <laughs> we, you know, we work together, we collaborate. In my current position, I'm the only eighth grade chemistry teacher in the whole school. So it's all on me in terms of I don't get to like split the work or I don't really have a coworker to collaborate with on my curriculum, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse because I can do whatever I want, but at the same time I have to do it myself. I I usually just kind of take um, a lot of the resources I've gathered over the years and I kind of piece them together to make it the way that I want it and fulfill the requirements that I've been given. So what is a good day at your job or what's a day that stands out to you in a positive way and why? I have a, just like a fun, a fun memory. I love doing days. I, I really like doing lab days. And that's why this whole COVID thing is a little bit sad because, you know, we can't have kids working closely together and breathing on each other. So <laughs> <laughs> it makes labs kind of difficult. But um, I really, I really love lab days. When I used to teach at a public school for Halloween every year, we did this awesome. There were four chemistry teachers in our little like quadrant of classrooms and we'd all teach chemistry together and we we would set up a haunted house through our chemistry classrooms which was super fun we'd each pick like a different experiment like somebody would be making slime we would turn the lights off I would make methane bubbles where I'd bubble methane into some like soapy water and just like catch it on fire and make like mushroom clouds of fire in my room it was really fun and so the kids love that. It was super fun. We play spooky music and they would just like walk around this haunted house. It was one of my favorite times of the year. Someday, someday we'll do it again. <laughs> so what about a bad day? What does a bad day look like? Or what's a challenge that you frequently face besides the copier? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you said the copy machine. It is No, so I always tell people who are interested in the teaching profession that the hardest thing about teaching is definitely not the teaching. It's getting the kids to listen to what you are teaching. I always say this, if you can't get the kids to basically sit down and shut up to listen what you're saying, then it doesn't matter if you're the most knowledgeable knowledgeable teacher on the planet, you have to, it's basically managing the classroom is the hardest part. So you need to keep them engaged. So the hardest days are when there are those discipline issues where you're trying to teach something and the kids are not interested in, I know it's a shocker whenever they don't want to hear about my chemistry lesson for the day, but um, discipline issues are definitely the toughest. So definitely first year of teaching is, and I'm sure every teacher would agree that your first year of teaching is probably the roughest because you're getting your feet wet. You know, the kids are kind of unsure about you and you're, you're not quite sure how to manage their behavior yet. I definitely came home in tears a few days, my first year teaching, but you know what, those experiences help me realize if you just keep your cool and stay calm, the kids can smell fear. <laughs> so I think I, I've really grown not only as a teacher, but I think I've grown as a person and as a parent, especially. 
and kids, whether it's, you know, a 16 year old or like my own son, a three year old, you know, they're going to have a lot more emotions than us as adults. They're going to have a lot more feelings and they're going to feel a lot bigger than we feel. And we just have to learn to be patient with that and to just stay calm through the storm and they'll learn, you know, they'll learn how to be adults someday. We're just helping them along the process. And I think that's something that we can all kind of keep in mind as we're spending a lot more time with youths yes. <laughs> in our homes. Yes. <laughs> well, have you seen a challenge in uh, dealing with parents of students? I've never had a horrible interaction with parents. You know, I've had some interactions with parents that have maybe been a little uncomfortable, but I have yet to have a horrible interaction with parents. Usually the parents, despite what you hear, like I, I found are usually on board with us. Now, every once in a while, you will get the parent who thinks that you're wrong and their child is right. But overall, we just both want what's best for the kid. Mm -hmm. And as long as I just articulate that to the parents that we're both on the same team, I, I haven't really had any crazy interactions. So maybe what's a funny or unexpected experience that's happened to you? So when I was teaching at the public high school I used to teach at, I was pregnant with my son, you know, the kids, they always, you know, had funny, they, they were mostly like sophomores, juniors, seniors. So, you know, they're old enough to, they know where babies I don't come know. From. Yeah. They know where they come from to be mature about it, whatever. But it was funny because I had this one kid and he was a boy and he was talking about basically what it was like to be a parent. And I was like, oh, okay. So do you, do you, do you have a baby? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Me and my girlfriend, we actually have two kids we have two daughters and he was just sitting there telling me all this great advice for parenting my new son that I was about to have and he was probably 16 years old and I was just like wow thank you so much like <laughs> very unexpected source of parental advice but it was yeah definitely memorable and he was a really sweet kid and I, I don't know where he is today but I'm sure he was a sweet dad on the flip side at the charter school I teach at now I have a lot of students who are very advanced like very 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 bright students and and not that my you know teenage dad parent was not very bright he was very bright as well but this is just a different girl who was really funny she this girl was 12 years old and I had well speaking of meetings with parents I had a parent come in and the parent brings her daughter's resume like it wasn't even a resume it was like a cv for her 12 year old daughter and it listed on there all of the the research she's done like like she was some sort of college student it listed it showed her her sat and act scores she'd already gotten perfect scores on them and she was 12 and she just came with this like resume and she was basically asking me if I could refer her to take AP chemistry as a 13 year old next year. It was definitely another experience that blew me out of the water. Where I was like, wow, these people, these children exist. You know, in that moment, I, you know, you know, I'm the chemistry teacher, but I'm like, wow, I am so dumb compared to some of these kids. Like, holy cow, here I am, you know, thinking, oh yeah, I was a good student you know, in high school, no, nothing compared to some of these kids. They are, they're bright. They're super bright. So do you have that experience a lot where you're just kind of sitting there? How do you know all this information already? Oh, you know? yes, I do have that experience. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm blown away. And I, and I email parents, I usually do like a weekly email to parents. And I try to tell them every, every week, 
you know, we get frustrated sometimes and with certain situations or problems at school with students. But overall, I just am, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by kids and what they know and what they're able to retain. And in my email home to parents every week, I'm, I just say, your, your kids are amazing. Like, <laughs> I just remember, and that's what I want to hear as a parent too, yeah. is I want to hear that my child is amazing. And, that, you know, I want to be comforted by, you know, a third party. So I just yeah. want parents to know your kids are amazing. They blow us away with the things that they even, you know, even if they're not doing well in school. Yes, they're amazing. I have to ask, what's your favorite element? You have a favorite element on the periodic table. Um, have you oh never been gosh. asked this? I feel like that's <laughs> I've like... never been asked this question. It's got to be carbon, right? We're made of it. It's like, it's the basis of everything that makes pretty incredible alive. So I got to say we're carbon-based creatures. I got to go with carbon. If you could be doing anything else for a living and money and education were not factors, what would you be doing? I would want to go travel. I think it would be so fun to teach abroad in like an international school. I have met some teachers who've taught internationally in like Dubai and Germany and Japan and all these countries. And it sounds so fun. I love traveling. And I do think teaching is a great job for people who love to travel, not only because you have a lot of time off to travel, but it is kind of a universe, especially if you speak English, Mm -hmm. like there are so many opportunities, I think, for you to teach people in other countries that I've heard of. So I think that would be such a fun job. Do you have any advice for younger people who may or may not be interested in teaching slash chemistry? So going into teaching, you need to go into it with eyes wide open and you need to know what you're getting yourself into in terms of salary, but also in terms of of lifestyle Mm -hmm. and knowing that even though you get a lot of time off during the time when you're teaching, it is very, it's very busy. It's Mm -hmm. very busy throughout the school year. And that's why when you go to become a teacher, I could have mentioned this before, but typically when you're working on your bachelor's degree, you're required to do at least a semester of student teaching where you are full-time in a classroom and it's basically like an internship. And in my program, I had three semesters where I did an internship that was part-time. So I'd have to be in a classroom, I think like six hours a week over the course of a semester. And I had to do that in three separate schools for three separate semesters, just to kind of get a taste of, um, one of them was a middle school, one of them was a high school, one of them was like an AP chemistry teacher, one was a, you know, standard chemistry teacher. And then your final semester of college is typically full-time student teaching, where you are in the classroom all day long, basically doing the job of a teacher. So I do feel like that helped prepare me to get into it. So I would say if you are interested in teaching, I originally thought about, um, because I mentioned I was a biochemistry major before, I originally thought I might go into healthcare. And I thought, you know what, if I end up going to something like pharmacy school or medical school or something like that, it doesn't really matter what I get my undergraduate degree in, as long as I fulfill those prereqs for those graduate programs. So I thought, why not get a teaching degree as a fallback? And that's kind of how it worked out and I ended up falling in love with it and really really enjoying teaching so I'm glad that I did it and I think it was solidified by me doing those internships and that student teaching so if you're interested in teaching take some education courses 
maybe if there's a way you can um, get into and you know I don't know how every college does it but if you could get into an internship or shadow somebody and see how you feel about it because I knew within my first semester of shadowing I knew I can do this this is this is the job for me but a lot of people get into their student teaching and they realize this is this is not what I thought it was going to be this is maybe harder or different than I thought it was going to be so I would just say try to maybe get some experience talk to teachers maybe shadow somebody and um, know what it's all about I don't think we stress shadowing and internships and fellowships enough in college take advantage if if you're really thinking about it yeah just what's a what's a couple of education classes you know and and get that time to be in a classroom and and really see if it feels right if you're going to college and especially if you're interested in the sciences again like I said I started out as a biochemistry major and something I realized is that if you come out of college with just a bachelor's degree a lot of the time not all the time but a lot of the time you end up with a bachelor's degree and you're not quite sure what to do with it Mm -hmm. coming out of college what's great about teaching is you come out of college with a bachelor's degree and you automatically have a job skill yeah like you know exactly what you're doing you've done student not only is it aligned to a specific career, but you've done student teaching. So you're familiar with how to do your job. Whereas if I came out of school with something like just my biochemistry degree, often you you would want to go on to go to some sort of grad school in order to kind of build a career. Now, obviously there are people who have just bachelor's degrees in chemistry and biochemistry and things like that. But that's what's great about teaching is that you know exactly what your job is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a career right out the gate rather right. than having to go work at a lab and then, you know, work your way up and potentially have to go to grad school. If you're really against grad school, teaching's great because you can have a bachelor's degree and do your entire career with just that. If you really want to do that, or if you change your mind down the road, it's very easy to go on to, you know, do something else. So that is something that even compared to my husband who went to medical school, he came out with a biochemistry degree and obviously going to medical school, you know, was great. And that worked out for him. But if he hadn't done that, he's like, I don't even, I don't even know what exactly I would do with my biochemistry degree. So yeah, coming out with, you know, you got a, you got a skill right out the gate, I think is a huge benefit to a teaching degree. Thank you to Stacy for donating her time to the show. If you or someone you know is interested in becoming a future guest, email employedpodcast at gmail.com. Follow on Instagram at employedpodcast and visit the new website employedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.